Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome back. Today we have a bonus episode, and I thought it would be helpful and fun perhaps to take any questions that come in and do a little mini bonus episode to talk more specifically about what I would do in that instance and hopefully that can help tailor some of this to some more specific situations that you're encountering. So the question that we're going to focus on today was how to stop fear or encourage Um, when you're going to a doctor or a dentist visit. So this listener said that her son will walk in but won't get in the chair, won't open his mouth. He is just afraid. He had an emergency cavity filled four years ago and he was sedated for it. And ever since, he is just scared. He loves to brush and floss at home. We've tried two different pediatric dentists who have been patient but no luck. He says he's afraid to have them in his mouth working. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing this concern and question with me. Secondly, I just want to acknowledge that not only are there a lot of these, or not only are a lot of these situations hard for our children, but they can be equally as hard for us as moms, dads, caregivers. So if you're feeling the weight of it, allow yourself to. Give yourself time and space to work through that. But what I want to acknowledge first before I dive in is the fear that he's experiencing and to validate that feeling, you know, that's really important is that, you know, we're coming from a place of understanding and recognizing that the fear is completely valid for his experience. And even if it wasn't, it's important to validate our child's feelings in whatever situation it might be because we don't we aren't feeling what they're feeling to the degree that they're feeling it in that certain situation so i have five areas that i think are important to consider when you're trying to help your child through a situation like this so the first one is special time (laughs) if you don't know by now special time special time special time is the answer to everything if you start anywhere special time would be it. So I'm not sure if this mom is doing special time or not, but if not, I would highly encourage you to start. And I can't remember if she has other children, but if, you know, if you're listening and you have a situation like this where maybe one child is struggling more than another and you're trying to figure out how to do special time, it's okay to start with one child. You don't have to jump in and do it with every child. If your other children aren't having as tough of a time, it's okay to start with the one who's struggling and focus there. And then as you establish a routine and get more consistent with it, then you can add in 
other children into the routine or you can rotate you know between children or once you've gotten past this appointment you know depending on how far out it might be this becomes a great opportunity for him or your child to connect more with you and then begin to share any emotions about it that he has stored up still sometimes kids will even start playing it out in special time without any prompting because they know they have our full attention which doesn't happen very often and they know what they need to process through this is also a tool that you'll want to plan for and utilize before the appointment and what i mean by that is if at all possible when you are scheduling this doctor appointment or dentist visit if you can schedule it at a time where you know you'll have maybe at least 10 or 15 minutes where you can prioritize special time before you leave that would be icing on the cake okay number two stay listening so if you don't know specifics of what i'm talking about for each of them i do have a podcast on each of these that you can dive more into but as best as you're able start listening through feelings that come up when you have set a limit or if he's just upset and maybe you don't even know why you may already be doing this and if so just keep going something that i could not believe when i first heard it was that for even a few seconds of fear that our child is experiencing it can take many hours of processing to work through it so i know that can feel daunting it's going to be different for every child but it can help you maybe understand that there's still a lot in there that he has to work through and it's not just you know bad behavior not that this mom thinks that but in case you are seeing more behavior it could still be tied to an event that felt really traumatic especially if your child can't vocalize what they're upset about or if it seems to be like every time a certain situation arises there can be this emotional backpack they call it that is tied to a situation so when there's a traumatic experience the child lumps together the feelings the environment all into one big thing so then when the thought of going to this place arises it might not seem as scary at first but as they start to talk about going or as you say it's time to go then they are transformed back into or transition i guess is a better word back into the place that they were when they originally had those initial fears or traumas so the feelings that are coming out aren't necessarily from that moment it's because they are transported back into the exact feelings that they had in that time so something like that an emotional backpack can take a while to process through so don't feel like you know oh they should be over it by now it can take a while maybe not always it again is so dependent on the child and what they experience and so just continuing to listen as best as you're able 
The one thing that I would say is if it's kind of hard to really understand how that could be, like how there could be so much to process through, is to think about if there's ever been something that has scared you. Like, for example, maybe you were walking alone in the dark and you saw the shadow, but you thought it was something else and your heart started racing and, you know, you got really scared. How many times does it take you to relive that same walk without being scared or on edge or starting to feel like your heart beating faster? Like how long does it take you to get over that situation? This is like what is happening with our kids going right back into, you know, that initial time. Okay. Number three, play listening. So I would highly recommend and encourage all of the play around the doctor or the dentist that you can. Set up a little doctor or dentist exam space. You can use things around the house or purchase things if you prefer. You can, I'm sure there's so many DIY things on Pinterest if you don't want to purchase anything. Um, Your child could even maybe help you choose what those things might be, but just encourage play. If you have a child who isn't really into that kind of like free imaginative play, you could have them build a doctor's office out of Legos or magnetiles. You could print pictures of different um, tools, if that's what they call them, (laughs) that they use definitions so they could do some matching or you could hide them throughout the room for them to find and then they could essentially build their own doctor or dentist kit from what they find which could literally just be an empty container. There's so many opportunities for play that it can really be specific to what your child is interested in. If he loves superheroes or Lego figures or animals, sit with him and play. Now, you don't have to do this every day, but just be intentional about thinking, okay, today I have extra time. I'm going to go and we're going to play together and I'm going to try my best to work in either the doctor or the dentist idea. So if you're playing with superheroes, you know, you could use the the villains or the bad guys and talk about getting hurt and having to go to the doctor or pretend your teeth got knocked out by something and you need to go to a dentist. Just really play it up and encourage laughter. So it could be, it doesn't have to be like the serious thing It can be things that are really silly or that you're really exaggerating because that can often bring a laugh from a child. If you get crying, that's totally okay. Children process in two ways, crying and laughter. So if he starts crying, just shift back into that stay listening phase. Number four, educate and explain. The more you can talk through what will happen what the doctor or the dentist is going to do and use, what the environment looks like, what the routine is going to be that day, the better. It's really easy for us as adults to miss this step because we just know. So we assume our kids know. We don't necessarily do that consciously. We just think they should know what happens. They've seen it before, but that's not true. They need more explanation, more reminders. Plus, if the last time they were there felt really stressful for them, they were not taking in the environment. They were in the fight or flight stage. You cannot process things in that stage. So 
talk about as much as you can before you go. Again, what exactly you're going to be doing before you go, how the day is going to start. Will you stay with him? Will you have to go out? Just anything you can think of, talk about it. And you can even be doing this during the appointment. And I will share an example with you so you can get an idea of what I mean there. Okay, and the last one is make a plan together. So if he, I think he's nine, um, but no matter what age your child is, they can be a part of this. So what can he use to help calm his nerves if it's needed? Talk about this beforehand. So ask him what would help. If he doesn't know, start exploring. So as he's using different strategies, ask if he thinks it would help him to feel calm or not. Is it, you know, maybe if he's playing Play-Doh, for example, do you think like if you were feeling really upset, do you think playing or squeezing the Play-Doh in your hands would help you to feel a little bit more at ease or a little bit calmer? yes or no and see what he has to say it's very interesting because oftentimes our kids aren't they're not going to come right out and say oh this makes me feel so calm (laughs) you know they might but most likely they're not going to but as you prompt they have so much in there that you can pull out and gain that you can then use in these situations so you could talk about different fidgets or those little um, popper things that are everywhere now where you just push and it pops out the other side gum or mints obviously this isn't going to work if you're going to the dentist during the visit but it could be used on the way uh, bringing a special stuffed animal looking at a book if your child really is into exercising or running like doing that before you have to go if you get to the morning of the appointment and he's having a really hard time then you remind him of these options or if you don't feel like he can handle choosing on his own, you can hand him one. You could also have them in a container or you know pictures of them or if your child can read, you could just write what's available because sometimes trying to hear what you're saying and make a choice when everything feels overwhelming can be way too much. So just being able to have that visual can be much easier. And this is something that, you know, you could put in a backpack, put a couple things in the backpack. And if he needs, again, to get it out in the car ride or when you're in the waiting room, have different options that he can try out. And then ask if he has any questions. Go deeper into what he's afraid of and why. We don't always have to get the crying and the laughter to process. If he's able to talk about it, exhaust that option. So often, I think it's easy to want to pull back from talking about things or bringing it up because we don't want to start those feelings and make it worse, especially not before we have to leave. But what you're actually doing by bringing this up is providing a safe space for them to share their feelings and fears. So the more you can do this ahead of time, the easier it's going to be, and it may even amaze you with how good it goes. So if you know your child has either had you know, maybe a traumatic experience or are clearly very afraid, you're going to want to start planning out more in advance. If your child is just, you know, you know that they might have a little bit of feeling or worry, but it's not usually a huge challenge once you're there, 
and kind of get into it, then you don't need as much time to process. But in this case, I would recommend starting weeks out. That way you have the time, he has the time to process and really work through things and you don't have to feel rushed. And then you can also feel like you're making progress once you're actually at the appointment. So I don't want this list to overwhelm you. Um, I would encourage you to start with one thing and be really intentional about focusing on it. And then once you're confident in it and you feel like it's established, then build upon it. And, um, you know, just gear it towards the response you're getting from your child. If you feel like, okay, I can tackle one thing a week, then start that many weeks out. If you feel like you can do more or you're already doing some of these things, you know, just kind of gauge based on that. So before we close, I wanted to quickly share with you a really recent experience I had with my youngest. Um, He needed a blood draw at the doctor appointment that we were at. So he's two and we did not know that he was going to need a blood draw. It just kind of came out as we were talking about things in the visit and it ended up being almost an hour that we had to wait, which with a two and a five-year-old in a small little room was a little bit challenging, but it went really well. So what I did was after she told us that this person would be coming, I just simply explained over and over and over again what would be happening so i just said okay somebody's gonna come and they're gonna you know take blood from your arm it might it might hurt it might feel like a little pinch um he doesn't really know what a bee sting is so obviously tailoring it to what your child understands i just said it it might not but it might feel like a pinch And she's going to get blood so we can see if there's any vitamins that we need to be adding in or something. I mean, he's two, so I I did talk specifically about what was going to happen, but in a way that he could understand. So, you know, we take he takes vitamins or probiotics or different things. So he understands what a supplement or a vitamin is. So again, use language that your child is going to understand. And I literally repeated this over and over and over again probably every few minutes and like I said we waited for about an hour so probably a good 10 times that I said it at least and then um when the the person came in to do it she was like oh I have to go get somebody to help hold him down And I was thinking, oh, great, because I just thought he'd sit on my lap. I'd put on a little show on my phone and he could be looking the other way. But she wanted him to lay on his back, my knees to be near his knees and me kind of leaning over him, holding him down at the shoulders and then some another nurse coming and holding his arm. So as we're setting this whole thing up, I again just focused on him and explaining what was going on. I'm just going to be right here with you as they're, you know, taking your blood. It might hurt a little bit, but they, you know, I was explaining again why they were doing it. And then I said, this nurse is going to hold your arm so that it doesn't move when they're doing it. So it doesn't hurt any more than it, you know, than it has to. And just over and over explaining this, what was happening. And as he would like look over, I would say, see, there's your blood coming out and it's going into the, you know, the little tube so that they can see if we need any more vitamins. And just, I mean, he cried a little bit and he would look over and he'd start crying again. 
but he never moved. (laughs) I did not have to hold him down. The nurse, she continued to hold his arm, but he wasn't fighting against it. It wasn't this big traumatic experience that it could have been had I not prepared him, had I not been talking to him about what was happening, and had they just stuck the needle in and done what they needed to do. I think so many times, a lot of the fear and the deep hurt and feelings comes because they just don't know what's going on. So... I would just, if nothing else, strongly encourage you to be talking through it as best you can at every step of the way using language that your child will understand. So thank you so much for submitting your question. I hope this was helpful. If you want to get some specific details on a situation or behavior you're struggling with, uh, click on my email in the show notes or send me a message on Instagram and submit your question. If you want a little bit more individualized support, I have a six-week program that will take you through five connection-focused strategies that never change and are applicable to all ages and stages. So the reason that we focus on connection is because that is how our child's brain needs to be in order to have the capability to take in, to understand, to be trained all the things. So we're going to walk through each one of these at a slower pace, specifically tailored to you and your child's needs, your routines, your environment, all those things, as well as go through how to best help your child through his or her various challenges that creates a more positive environment. No more yelling, reward charts, and timeouts required. So go forth and get connected. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josiah and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.